I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plant Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Plant Strong Podcast. If you believe in divine purpose, then get ready for a important conversation today. For those who aren't familiar, the Daniel Fast is a scripture-based program that chronicles the story of Daniel from the Old Testament who refused to eat the king's diet of rich, meaty, and indulgent-laden food. Instead, he subsisted and thrived on vegetables and water, or what we may refer to these days as a whole food, plant-based diet. This was inspired to not only deepen his faith, but also lead to better health and strength. Today, modern-day Daniel fasts are conducted all over the world, and that's what brought my two guests together, Gigi Carter and Circe Blue what incredible names, met in an online class during the pandemic. They quickly realized that their commonalities of using the power of faith to improve their health and the health of others was something super special. They both have powerful background stories that demonstrate their own powers of strength and resolve. And on September 8th, their first book, Daniel Fast, Why You Should Only Do It Once, hits bookshelves everywhere. And I am thrilled to announce that Gigi and Cersei are two of our Brockstar chefs for this year's plant stock that takes place September 22nd to the 24th. If you want to learn more and register for plant stock, simply visit plantstrong.com, click on the menu, and scroll down until you find 12th annual plant stock. Now, here to talk about their journeys and their Daniel Fast resources are my special guests, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter. All right. I am here today with Gigi Carter and Cersei Blue. And this is this is a thrill having you guys on the Plan Strong podcast. And you guys, what I love is you guys have a very unique style mm -hmm. and um and platform to get 
all things whole food plant-based out there into the world. And so I want to dive deep with you guys about that. So, but first, I need to know more about each one of you because I know very little. So why don't we start with Gigi, only because Gigi is from Cleveland like I am. And I got a little bond like that. Um, but Gigi Carter, let me ask you this before you answer the question about Cleveland. Is your real name Gigi or is it Genevieve? No, it's actually Geraldine. 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 Yes. Yeah. So not the Flip Wilson Geraldine, just regular <laughs> Geraldine. <laughs> All right. Geraldine. Not my age. <laughs> right. So were you like so you born and raised in Cleveland? I was. I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, went to high school there, college, went to graduated from John Carroll University, um, Cleveland State for my MBA. So I was in Cleveland for quite a while before my corporate career took me outside of Cleveland. And where where are you today? I'm on Orcas Island in Washington State, so Pacific Northwest. Boy, you couldn't get farther away from Cleveland if you tried. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> wow. Is it, so is the weather, is it nice there? It is. I mean, it's it's kind of chilly and rainy and overcast, but for us, it's nice. So, um, but maybe not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, do you miss Cleveland at all? Um, you know, I do. Uh, uh, my family's still there. So I do go back there uh, usually about once a year to visit. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice going back there, um, you know, just to hang out with family, friends and just reconnect with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I love Cleveland. You know, people give it a bad rap. They say it's mm -hmm. a mistake by the lake and, you know, all that other stuff. But I think when you're there, you you know what a rich culture it has, you know, the arts, the sports teams, you know, Mentor Highlands, the lake. I mean, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. So I'm going to stop there. Cersei Blue. Is that your name? Cersei Blue? What a crazy, wonderful name. Yeah, that is my name. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and so Cersei... Um, where you didn't grow up in Cleveland, did you? No, actually, I was actually born in uh, Toronto, Ontario, and I moved to the United States. I live in Georgia and Florida at the same time. I'm right on the border of Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And uh, so how is it that you guys got to know each other? So like, you know, somebody in Washington State on an island, Orca Island or something like that. And then somebody in Georgia, how'd you guys cross paths? Yeah, well, it's quite interesting. We actually met during the pandemic. Um, we actually met online. Um, I had a podcast at the time and Gigi had a YouTube channel. Um, and we just organically, someone reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to come on your show. And Gigi and I connected and we really hit it off. And then I went on her um YouTube channel. And I told her my story and we were like, wait a minute, you know, we were both kind of connected on the issue that at the time, this was in the middle of pandemic, a lot of the statistics were coming out that people with comorbidities were dying at higher rates of COVID. And this was even higher in the black community. So Gigi and I had this share, shared passion about that because we were like, wait a minute, we have the answer. We were both doing things individually, but then we collaborated once we got together. So we actually met in COVID-19. <laughs> right. And so both of you have kind of, I think it's fair to say, a fierce passion mm -hmm. around mm, the benefits of a whole food, plant-based lifestyle way of eating. I'd love to know, um, why don't we start with you, Cersei, and then go to you, Gigi. But like, so what was that journey to plants? How did you find that? Yeah, for me, my journey to plants was I actually, uh, this happened, this was probably like 2010. I was actually diagnosed with high blood pressure during my last trimester of my pregnancy. And so at the time, my, you know, my mother had high blood pressure, my grandmother had it. So at the time, I wasn't really that alarmed. But now in retrospect, I realized that people who have high blood pressure during pregnancy have a higher risk for complications before, during, or after. This was even higher for African-American women. So I didn't know that at the time, but 
Um, I know that now. And so when I went into the delivery for my son, um, I actually had a complication and my son lost oxygen to his brain. So he had to be flight lifted out. Um, he had 24 hour care because he wasn't able to actually um, drink on his own. So it was, it was a lot. Um, and so you could imagine at that time, it was very stressful. And a little bit after his first birthday, he actually passed away. And so at that time, I think I was at the lowest point of my life at that point, um, you know, depressed, you know, you know, using food and, you know, I was eating the standard American diet and then some, so to speak, even prior to that, you know, I was just eating the typical foods and also using food during that time. So I think I gained the most weight I had ever gained and things like that during that process. And then just randomly out of the blue, a friend of mine said to me, hey, do you want to do a Daniel fast with me? And I've done the Daniel fast before. This is a, a thing that people do in the church in January, basically kind of reset the year. It's kind of like a Lent for the Catholics, but a lot of evangelicals do it just to start the year off. And I don't think I've done it before, but I don't think I've ever truly done it because I would say, well, I'm going to substitute eggs and I'm going to add cheese. So I never really fully did it in its purest form. And so when she asked me, do you want to do the Daniel fast? I was like, hmm. You know, I'm kind of not in a good mood right now. I don't know if I want to give up all that food, you know. And I said to her, I'll do it, but I'm going to add eggs and I'm going to add cheese. And at that moment, she just arrested me and she said, listen, if you're going to do the Daniel fast, you're going to have to do it exactly the way it's designed. And for those of you who don't know, Daniel fast is basically a whole food plant-based diet, but it doesn't have any preservatives, no sugar. Um, so it's really the holiest form of a, of a plant-based diet. If mm, literally. 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 Yeah. Um, so there's no preservatives, no coffee, no nothing. You're just going 100% with real food. No booze? No booze? No alcohol. No <laughs> alcohol either. Nothing. It's just 100% whole food plant-based. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, though, I was using those foods for my comfort and mm -hmm. I was in a, a dark place. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to let go all of those things. And I was like, uh, but when she arrested me in that moment and said, if you're going to do it, you got to do it exactly the way it's designed. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And then the thing about the Daniel fast, it's, it's you, it's eating those foods, but then you're also combining meditation and prayer and devotionals. And so it's this mm. whole big combination. And so. So was, I, this, was this, was this part of a, a, a coordinated effort or was this just you and your friend doing well, it? Just literally me and my friend. She actually did it before January, before the church and everything would start. I don't know why she decided to do it. I guess it was just a divine intervention at that point, but it was literally just me and her doing it at that time. And so I jumped into it because she said, you're going to do it. You're going to do it right. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And I did it exactly the way it was designed. And I can't tell you if it was two weeks or three weeks, but it was almost as like, you know, you know, that song I could see clearly now. It's like yeah. my whole world changed. My depression was gone. My mood was elevated. I lost weight. My blood pressure was regulated. I had mental and spiritual clarity. I felt like I could hear God in my life more clearly. Everything shifted. And so at that point, I was like, what in the world just happened? Was this like a miracle? Was this like, did the heavens open up and I'm some type of anomaly or was this something to this? And mm. so I started to dig into the research and I saw, you know, all of the work by all of, you know, that the plant-based diet was the only one that could reverse heart disease. And I saw the work by your father and Dr. Greger and all of those wonderful works. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a thing. And so then I started to compare it to the whole story of Daniel in the Bible, which just to give you a small recap, basically. Oh, no, no, I need a recap. Okay. <laughs> you know, and so then I said to pretend that pretend that I don't know anything. Okay, I will do that. And so okay. then I started to dig into this story of Daniel, and I realized that wait a minute, Daniel and his three friends were basically um, invited into the King palace to basically yeah. be trained in linguistics and all this other stuff. But they were, they wanted to have these young men be very fit and trained and athletic. And so they were supposed to eat the King's diet, which was filled of dairy and meat and alcohol and all these other things. But they said, we are going to refuse the King diet. We don't want to eat this thing. And they said, if you give us 10 days where we're just going to eat plants, We'll put it to the test. And if we're inferior to our peers or anything like that, fine, we'll go ahead and eat the king's diet. And after the 10 days, what they found out that Daniel and his friends 
were 10 times healthier and physically stronger than everybody else that was eating the king's diet. And so this is where you know, the modern day church got this inspiration to say, hey, we want to eat like Daniel so that we could be 10 times healthier. And so I realized, wait a minute, there was a connection there that, um, you know, Dr. Gregor says that uh, Daniel Fast was the first clinical study of the plant-based diet, you know? And so I realized there was a connection between honoring my body and my faith and eating foods that were serving me. And so then I totally went on a mission to help people connect their plate to their faith and their food. And I've been on that mission ever since. So in, in the, uh, in the scripture with the Daniel's mm-hmm. diet, yeah. what, how, how do they refer to plants? Do they say, they, 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 it says pulse, but when you look into the Greek meaning, it's, it talks about basically herbs, plants, just anything that grows from, from the earth, seeds, right. nuts, and all of that. Yeah. And so, so were you already a spiritual uh, person? Going I was. I was a spiritual person eating the standard American diet, and I didn't realize that there was a spiritual connection, that I was literally harming myself. I didn't realize that. So I was a spiritual person. I, you know, I was a believer. I was a Christian. But I never made the connection that what I was eating was actually a spiritual practice that could actually elevate the way I think and eat and interact with the world and God. And then I started to draw all the other connections of taking care of the planet and all of those other spiritual connections that we make as being stewards of this planet. And so, yeah, so for me, that was a mind-blowing experience, but it started with me refusing the king's diet in my own life to be able to understand that process. Mm. Isn't that uh, Mm. so wonderful described that way, refusing the king's diet, Mm -hmm. which it seems like the vast majority of Americans are on the king's diet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love to say, you know what? If you want to live like a king, you want to eat like a peasant. That's it. Exactly. But now, so Gigi, hang in there because I'm coming to to you too. (laughs) But Cersei... So you were, you know, you were a believer. You were, you had this faith. Yeah. But up until this, this point when your friend suggested that you do the Daniel's fast, mm-hmm. had you not been exposed to the, like, hey, the, the like the Daniel's fast or read crazy. Like I said, I, we, and a lot of people, we were exposed to it. But again, I wasn't fully doing it because I was like, I'm not giving up. Like I would do it in my own way. And even at the time, because it was called the Daniel fast, it's like many people even today don't really connect the fact that that's a vegan diet. You kind of just think, oh, no, that's just the way Daniel ate. And you never really made the connections. And it wasn't until and maybe it's because I was at that real receptive point and I went in without making any adjustments Mm -hmm. and I did it for the 30 days that it made the difference for me that I was able to draw those connections because at that point I had already gained the most weight I could. I was already at the lowest point spiritually and mentally. So I was, so the benefits that just overtook me at that moment was so great that there was just no way to, to deny what was happening. Well, so when you say you were like at the heaviest, like how much heavier than you are now? I lost about in total, I, I probably lost about 55, 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's yeah. substantial. It made a, it, it, it's a world of a difference in in every in everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And so, in addition to you said that, you know, when you were you were pregnant, and you had the diagnosed with that high blood pressure in your third trimester. Yeah. Were you also pre diabetic? Did you have any other comorbidities? Didn't have anything else? I just had the high blood pressure. Um, that was diagnosed. And like I said, it was a comfortable place for me because my mom had it and my grandmother had it. So I just thought this was just a normal thing. And so I had no idea that just by changing what was at the end of my fork that I could actually break those generational patterns in my own life um, and start eating different. And then I realized too that um, I became... um, I was able to live out my purpose better. And so that was where I got the passion in terms of people of faith to say, hey, people of faith are living lives that they're on a mission 
on this planet. And so if you're not taking care of your body, you're not going to be able to be healthy for your purpose. And so that's how this whole thing kind of brainstormed and Gigi and I collaborated to help people realize that, listen, you have to be healthy for your purpose. It's not enough to just feed our spirit and not feed our body if we're going to do this thing right. Yeah. What a huge piece of the puzzle that is missing right now. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it could address so many issues that so many of us are facing, especially, I mean, if uh, you guys have the statistics better than I do, but it's something like, I think 80 to 85% of black women in particular, I think are considered overweight or obese. Is that mm-hmm. what you guys have heard? Yeah, that that is correct. And one of the things that we also correlated was that 80% of Black women say faith is very important to them. And so we made this connection that, wait a minute, here's this two dynamics going on. If 80% of women think that faith is important to them, what if we were to introduce the Daniel fast as a means of getting healthy through your faith and and have them because if they're making important decisions about the, who they're going to marry and what job they're going to take and they're using their faith already, here's a blind spot that we mm-hmm. can advocate to black women to say, hey, listen, you could use your faith to be healthy for your purpose. Yeah, I think I think it's a blind spot. It's also a soft spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you if you were to rewrite the scripture, right, mm-hmm. would you call it a fast or would you call it something else? Actually, we probably would call it a, a, a Daniel way of eating. Like Gigi and I actually were writing a book called Why You Should Only Do the Daniel Fast Months. <laughs> yeah. We believe yeah. that at the end of the day, it really shouldn't be something you do every January, but it should actually be the default way of eating. And yeah. so that is that that's the whole point. Yeah, we would probably take away the word fast, but fast is what they've been using. But that's why we're coming out with a slogan, why you should only do the Daniel fast once and make it a lifestyle. That's really smart. Yeah. You know, or the Daniel diet, but in yeah. the original word diet, you know, meant a way yeah. of eating, but we've so kind of, you know, bastardized it. It's just yeah. ridiculous. So like Gigi's shirt, eat and pray like Daniel. That's how we phrase it. <laughs> Gigi, come to the forefront again. <laughs> So, so, so Gigi, um, how did you find your passion to plants? Because I'm wondering if it was somehow through Cleveland or it had nothing to do with Cleveland. Actually had nothing to do with Cleveland. I I actually adopted a a whole food plant-based diet when I was living in Jackson, Mississippi. Of all places. Of all places. And there wasn't a Whole Foods there at the time either. So... Um, yeah, it was in a very unusual place. And and my journey started back actually in 2007 when I was living in Houston, Texas. And I was, uh, I went to the doctor for a routine wellness exam and they did a, uh, my lipid panel and then a carotid artery scan of my neck mm-hmm. and my cholesterol was high. And they said that I had the arteries of a 46 year old, but I was only 35. And so the doctor wanted to put me on a statin drug and Mm -hmm. I politely refused and and walked out. And around the same time, I learned about the work of Dr. Dean Ornish and his lifestyle heart trial um, that was conducted back in the nineties. And um, I remember saying to myself, there's no way I could give up fish or cheese or eggs or you name it. And so I um, had this limiting belief that I literally couldn't live without these foods, which, you know, looking back is like ridiculous, but that's where my headspace was. And I did what I thought was the next best thing was I followed what the government said was a good job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Silly me, silly yeah. Me. So, <laughs> so I... Um, Basically, for about five years, um, my cholesterol went from basically horrible to borderline bad and stayed there for about five years. And I knew I was kind of a ticking time bomb um, just because, you know, the number one killer of women is heart disease as as well as men. Um, And I I remember getting getting to a point where I was starting to put on weight. My energy level was dropping. And I um, decided to experiment with some cleanses that a friend of mine was doing. Um, it's this weird cleanse with cayenne p- 
pepper and maple. The master, syrup. it's called the master cleanse. Master cleanse, yeah. <laughs> With lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup and, and yeah. distilled water. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So I, I, you're supposed to do it for ten days. I lasted for five, but I noticed because I had done it a few times that that year, and this, I think this was 2011. And I remember noticing that I think it was after the second or third time that I felt best when I was eating what they called a transition diet, which was basically, you know, vegetable broth, fruits and vegetables, supposed to do that for a couple days before you go back to your quote unquote, normal, healthy way of eating. And I just remembered why I really feel great just eating vegetables and fruits and broth. And I um, decided after coming back from vacation in 2012 that I wanted to go vegetarian. So at this point, I couldn't, still couldn't give up the cheese, like you know, a lot of people say. No, no, that's the dairy crack. Can't give, I give up the dairy that. crack. <laughs> so I, over six months, I transitioned to a vegetarian diet, and um, it was July of 20. 12. So I was really vegetarian for about one month because I, I said I, I claimed to be a vegetarian in June of 2012. And then July of 2012, I watched a couple documentaries, one of which um, was Forks Over Knives. And um, the other one was Earthlings. And I just remember going into the kitchen and saying, telling my husband, hey, I'm going vegan right now. And so um, so that was it. I mean, it, it was. And how did he respond to that? You know, he he actually said, "Okay, I'll do it with you." I mean, he was he was ready to do it. Um, I think he was actually ready before I was ready, which is kind of interesting. Now he was kind of in a in a pescatarian diet mode, you know, for a while, um, and then you know he was kind of ready to just go all in because he knew the he knew the studies, he knew the data. Um, so it was that was it, and we never looked back. And so I've been whole food plant based since July 2012. And so, so you're July 2012, and Cersei, what it, when did you start? I'm 2000, um, 2020, 20, 2020, 10, 11, 11, 2011. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, and Gigi, did you used to be, I, I read that you used to be like an avid cyclist. Is that right? Um, I, I am an avid cyclist today. I, um, I actually started bike racing at 42. It was after I adopted my plant-based lifestyle. Cause I was never, you know, in high school, people that know, knew me from high school, um, they're just like, Gigi, you're an athlete. Cause they, they know me as a couch potato. Like that was, that was Gigi, Gigi, the couch potato. So I, yeah, I just had all this energy and, started cycling and running and yeah. well now you're a racing sweet potato <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> no more couch potato no more couch potato and, and and so what about you Gigi have you uh always been um a uh you know uh a religious person you know I have I would say I've, I, I never described myself as religious. I, I've always been a Christian, you yeah. know, um, was very active in my church for a good part of my young adult life. And then I would say that my focus when I started uh, working for corporations and moving around the country, I kind of lost that connection with, with my church um, and not really, you know, being grounded in a church per se. But um, I will have to say that I owe a lot to Cersei and this divine intervention that happened. Because one thing she didn't mention that I'll just share right now is that I found out a year after we started working together that her son passed away on my birthday. Mm. And that connection was kind of like it just solidified to me that it was it was it was it was God bringing us together. And I mean, you just I mean, we're in three thousand miles apart, you know, meeting through Zoom in a pandemic, and um, and then it just all unfolded in a very natural, um, meant to be kind of way. And so she has really helped me to mature as a Christian. Mm. And so, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm trying not to start crying on your podcast, <laughs> but it, it's, it's uh, definitely a, a spiritual connection here. Oh, I, it, 
I can, I can, I can feel it. Yeah. It's, it, it's really, um, it's really powerful. Um, so Cersei, you helped Gigi mature with her, I guess, practice her Christian her faith. Um, did one of you, um, help the other mature with whole food plant-based? Yeah, I would have to say Gigi, Gigi was like a rock star. I'm telling you, I'm still trying to keep up with Gigi, but um, yeah, I, I, I learned so much because, you know, Gigi, I, she hasn't mentioned all the, her going back to school to get her master's in nutrition, but she is like a walking encyclopedia with knowledge and, and about whole food plant-based. And so when I connected with her, we, we both connected on the no oil, the whole foods, but she helped me level up to another level. Wait, definitely. wait, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> You guys, not only are you whole food plant-based, you're also whole food plant-based and no, no oil. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do the oil. And we were so surprised that we both were on the same <laughs> level, but, yeah, but we don't do the oil. We don't do the process, you know, and all of that. And so, yeah. Wow. This is, this is really uh, exceptional. I am so impressed with you two. Yeah. Now, so how long have you guys, so you got together, you said during the pandemic, when did you decide, all right, we got something special here. Let's collaborate here and bring something forth to, to the world. It's really all women of faith. I mean, and, and we say a few good men, cause we have a few men <laughs> in our group as well, but you know, it yeah, was, um, <laughs> it was really a, um, it, it, what happened was, you know, Cersei mentioned that she came onto my YouTube channel after I was on her podcast. And then uh, we connected around a blog post that I was wanting to publish on my site. And it really stemmed from her doing the Daniel fast. And I, I was kind of subtle with it. I was like, do you know anybody who could write this? And she's like, well, I can write it, of course. <laughs> so yeah. so she, she wrote this article that was basically outlining how you can use the Daniel fast as a jumping off point to a plant-based lifestyle. And, um, and so I was on my bike trainer working out, you know, probably on a Zwift ride or something. <laughs> and I started looking at my phone, looking at the article after it had already been published. And it just hit me. I was like, you know, this could really help a lot of women, you know? And so I reached out to her. I sent her an email saying, Hey, would you like to collaborate and create something around this? And she said, yes. Like she responded like, instantly. And, and that's what it was. That's what happened. I think it was June, 2020 when, when, when we were corresponding and, and made this happen, but uh, yeah, so it's coming up here on three years. <laughs> wow. So you, you guys like, have you incorporated and you've got a you know mm -hmm. business and all that other stuff and yep. good, good, good. Um, you know, you said something, I think, I can't remember if it was Cersei or if it was you, Gigi, but one of you said something that, um, well, you both, when you were starting this, were like, oh, I'll do the Daniels fast. Cersei, you said this, but uh, I, I want to do some eggs and I want to do some cheese. And your friend was like, nah, you got to go all in. And Gigi, you were like, yeah, I don't want to give up my cheese or this and that. And we, it's amazing how we have these I think you said it, Gigi, these limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Are you finding when you're bringing people into the fold and counseling people and putting them through your Daniel's plate, mm -hmm. are you having, what is the biggest food that you have to overcome because people have these limiting beliefs that they can't, could never give up this? Yeah. You know, so we have a, a five-day healthy Christian woman boot camp. And I will tell you that when we put people through our program, those, it, it kind of, it's interesting because they start, they're, they're, they're making a connection now between their food and their faith. And, and then it becomes less a matter of like giving up a specific food. But I'll say that when people are struggling, like it's more around things like sweets, like processed foods, you know, not necessarily the cheese per se, but it's more around the processed junk foods or the comfort foods that, that people were going to, to ease their emotional pain or their, their stress. 
And whatever that food was, it could be potato chips, it could, which is vegan, we know, but potato chips could be, you know, you know, Twizzlers, it could be donuts, cookies, pies. And the, what we help women do is help them to understand that they're going to food that's not necessarily going to solve their problem, but instead going to God, because we have this thing around, you know, using food as an idol And that's a huge issue, especially if you're a woman of faith, because you want God to be the center of everything, that that is who you go to for comfort. If something's stressing you out, that that, and Cersei could talk way better about this than me, but that is really at its core, kind of the problem with emotional eating is you're trying to replace, you're trying, you think the food's going to solve the problem, but it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it makes it worse. And you go to it for comfort at where you could be going to God. And so we help people make that connection. And then Daniel's plate is the vehicle with which we, you know, deliver recipes for people to um, go to, um, mm-hmm. to eat that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Cersei, anything you want to add to that? No, she, she said it well. I mean, um, you know, I and, and it becomes what happens is we help the women realize that if your why is about just losing the 10 pounds to fit back into the dress, you might end up, and I've been there, going through this vicious cycle of lose and gain. But what we help the women to do in our program is to be healthy for your divine purpose, that you're called, everyone is called to do something here on this planet. And if you could connect that by taking care of your body and how you fuel it, that you are aiding to your ultimate purpose here on the planet, then it deepens their why so deeply and they make it a spiritual practice that they're more likely to follow it. And there was even a study that was showing that when they had people in um, the rural South do the Daniel fast, that they had a 98% success rate than when they called it a vegan diet. Uh And so when people are able to attach meaning and faith and purpose and something so much deeper than, oh, I'm just trying to struggle to do this, it becomes purpose-driven. And so that is what we teach our women and what our passion is about to say, listen, this is bigger than the plate. This is about your purpose. And that is how we bring the message. And that's what resonates. And that's what keeps it deep. Yeah. Beautiful. What have you found as far as, so for the most part, it sounds like most of the people that you are working with are women. You've got a few good men. (laughs) Um, So when these women go back home and if they have a partner, let's say they're married and the man is like, what? No, we're not doing that. I need my, you know, my burger and my steak. Uh, how do you equip them to deal with these belligerent men? Yeah, I'll, 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 kick, I'll kick it off. Cersei, you can you can add to it. But, I, you know, it it starts off with. um you know, obviously helping the woman learn how to eat and, and acknowledging that, you know, not everybody in the home is going to be ready for this change. But one of the things that we offer is this supportive community, because a lot of times, you know, women um, just need a place where they feel supported in whatever change they're making to, to, to improve their health situation, that they're not alone on this island. And so we um, we offer that supportive environment so that they can continue down the path, even if it's not happening at home. Um, and then, you know, being a leader in their house and leading by example. And I'll tell you, um, you know, w- we've been doing this, you know, for, like I said, coming up on three years. And we have, you know, spouses who are by default getting healthier because yeah. you know, she's doing all the cooking and maybe when they're out and about, you know, he's eating whatever, but they're seeing health improvements just in the changes that she's making at home with the meals that she's cooking. And, um, and so that's always encouraging too, because, and then, you know, so if, if, you know, if you could see your cholesterol going down, you know, 20 points or whatever, because, you know, dinner, the dinners that she cooks at home are whole food plant-based, then, you know, it just, it's just a natural benefit and buy-in that will happen, you know, over time. Right. Right. 
And then we, of course, we've also, we all know about the benefits that can happen uh, with the, well, the women and the men, but the men, as far as getting their virility back, right? if they've, uh, if that's something that's gone by the wayside yeah, due to the King's diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cersei, anything that you want to add to what Gigi just said? There? But yeah. And a lot of it too, is that, you know, we, we, we try to tell the women to focus on the change in yourself first and not try to go in and change everyone. Because a lot of times the mere nature of them seeing that authentic change in them, in the, in their wife or mother or whoever, it breeds curiosity. And then you have an open door to now present this in a way that's totally different from coming in with that, hey, we're all changing this. But when they're able to see the change, it, it creates that openness for them to be curious. And I think curiosity is is a, a big opening for families. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that most of your the women that you work with, are they single? Are they married? Is it, or is it kind of a collection of everything? Mm-hmm. It's a collection of everything. Um, we have, we, I mean, we have women all over the country, all over, I would say North America, cause we have some, some folks in Canada as well. And um, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I would say most of the women are probably between the ages of 35 up. And some are single and some are, are married. Some are married with children and some are married without children. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Yeah. Gigi, you wrote a book back in 2018 called The Plant-Based Workplace Book or yeah. The Plant-Based Workplace and all the reasons, you know, that uh, the workplace could benefit yep. from going uh, plant-based. Um. And you cite a number of powerful ways of making that happen. Is this something that you've carried into this work with you and Cersei or or not? Yeah, I would say indirectly. I have, um, you know, in part because a lot of the women that are going through our program do work outside of the home. And so, you know, recognizing that the workplace is oftentimes a place where there aren't a lot of healthy options, um, you know, making sure women feel equipped to uh, be able to feed themselves and not, you know, let triggers kind of, you know, keep them from maintaining gains that they may have made, uh, I think is also helpful. But I'll I'll say that, you know, people who are also, you know, in positions of influencing, you know, what gets served in workplaces, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a responsibility i don't know if people take too lightly um mm-hmm. just because of the healthcare costs um the productivity just the just the just the moral implication of you know feeding toxic foods to your work workers i would say is I don't think it's on the consciousness of a lot of leaders, but we, I do weave it in a little bit through the boot camp that we offer because we, we do talk about uh, how, how you're being played. You know, you're being played by a system that's designed to make money off of you being sick. And I'll say that a lot of employers are not dialed into this and how it's affecting their workers, who most companies will say is their most valued resource or asset. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's something that John Mackey really tried to tackle as the CEO at Whole Foods and really tried to create this culture of wellness. Um, And it's it's challenging. It's challenging, you know, eating people's or changing people's eating habits, you know, you guys know firsthand, you just, you just said it. I think Cersei, uh, you changed the verbiage from let's do a vegan fast to a Daniel's fast. And now you got 98% more buy-in. And Mm -hmm. so it's so much, so much of this is the salesmanship or saleswomanship of what exactly is this? How do we make it attractive so that people understand that it's it, it doesn't come with all the baggage and the crap that people think that it does. It's just absolutely the 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 polar opposite of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is the irony. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like, what do you No, You can't take away that. It's like going back to the whole limiting beliefs and arguing mm-hmm. for your, you know, arguing for your, for your weaknesses. Um, it, yeah. Can I add something? I just want to, you know, you just said something that, that really, I, I feel like people don't understand how they are being played by in a system. And, and I think when you, w- when that connection is made, then you have to ask that person, are you choosing to be played? Like, are you choosing mm-hmm. to be played by the system? And if you are, okay, you've made a conscious decision. But I would say that most people don't like that. Um, and I could tell you the women who go through our boot camp, once they realize that they don't want to be in that system, that it the dynamics change, the perception changes from, you know, food is here to nourish us. And to sustain us, not necessarily for some, you know, emotional comfort or, you know, experience that's just completely just very fleshly in nature that that it's not just a hundred percent solely for pleasure. I, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, and, and, and when you realize that the food is designed to tap into that hedonistic desire, you know, of being high in fat, high in sugar, high in salt. And you realize that it, it triggers these this dopamine cascade in your brain on purpose that they hire these very smart people from these very important top schools in the country to design that food specifically for that purpose and that you have been hooked and hoodwinked and tricked into eating it. And then that then translates into you being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and then kidney, having to go through kidney dialysis. When you start threading it all together and you see how that all links back, then you're, then you start to realize, wait a minute. Well, I don't know anybody but that would say, oh yeah, I, yeah, I know I'm being played and I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, once, once you have your eyes opened, it's, it's, I think it's a whole new, uh, it's a whole new day. Yes, definitely. Uh, so you just spoke about the food, right? Uh, and how many of us have been hoodwinked and bamboozled with just kind of all this hyperpalatized, highly processed foods that typically have 20 to 50 ingredients in them, as opposed mm-hmm. to the ingredients that your recipes have, which are like one or two or three. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the recipes, and you guys have some delicious ones who is the cook between you or do you hire out to somebody else? Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I do most of the cooking, but Cersei will help me sometimes. Yeah. I, my, my husband is kind of my taste tester. So <laughs> he's the designated taste tester in the house. But um, yeah, we, we kind of collaborate on recipes. Cersei will like either send me something that she's made that's super yummy and fits in, you know, with kind of what we're trying to do. And then, uh, and then I'll remake it and do the photos and everything. Uh, other times she'll, she'll send me something like Gigi, figure out how to make this. You know what I mean? Tell me something like a reel she found on TikTok. She'll figure out how to do this. So it's healthy. (laughs) Some of those too, but yeah. yeah, that's good. What what did both of you have for breakfast today? I had rolled oats. They were just cold oats with um I took a whole Fuji apple and diced it up and then I added some kiwi. I started eating kiwi with the skin on, like the furry kiwi, which yeah. I, yeah, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I know there's more nutrients in the skin. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I got some really nice organic kiwis at my local store here. And, um, and then it had some raisins, chia seeds, cinnamon, and that's what I had for breakfast. <laughs> that sounds really delicious. And I love the fact that you just used pure, uh, old fashioned oats, right? Just cold. Yeah. That's yeah, what I love too. Cold. How about you, Cersei? I had this ancient bowl that I'm addicted to that Gigi just posted online the other day, but it's like a, uh, five grains. It's like sorghum, millet, um, uh, black rice. Um, oats and 
I think what's the last one, Gigi? I don't even remember. Uh, you, like, said millet, you said millet. Barley. And I had barley. barley, barley. So it was all five of that. I put that in the Instapot. So yesterday I had it over a salad, but this morning I made it into like a savory um, blueberry bowl. So I added like a plant-based milk, some flax seeds, mm. um, cinnamon, a little bit of dates, and I added some blueberries. So yeah. That's my new thing right now. <laughs> the diversity after reading that book, you know, the diversity is like, that gives me a bang for my buck right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, so uh, in looking through your Instagram, I, I noticed some really delicious recipes. I'd like to ask you guys about them mm-hmm. and then just kind of, um, you know, uh, take it from there. So let's start with, I've never heard of this before, but it looked absolutely delicious. Sweet potato toast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is, uh, so you slice the sweet potatoes, you keep the skin on, you slice the sweet potatoes into like, like, like little steaks or little like slices of toast. You put them in the air fryer and it kind of par cooks them and firms them up. And then when you're ready to eat, you know, like, let's say it's a grab and go breakfast thing, you just pop it in the toaster and then finish it off. And then you could add, you know, almond butter or peanut butter and bananas or sweet potato. Yeah. Or you could do like a a hummus, you know, with some arugula or smashed avocado with some tomato. And then I've got a no salt, everything bagel seasoning recipe. That's really good with that too. So it's, uh, it's just a fun way to you know, just something to mix it up because Mm -hmm. a a lot of times we do a lot of oats and porridge and stuff, which is great. It makes me feel good and keeps me satisfied, but it's also fun to just mix in some toasts now and then. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys ever do, um, like on the weekends, for example, uh, pancakes or waffles? Yeah. I, I do it usually for Easter. Um, like I did it for Easter or like some holiday, but I, most weekends I don't, it'll be whatever I'm recipe testing. So we just talked about oats, how much we all love oats. I think in another life, I was a horse. Um, (laughs) uh, I noticed you had on your Instagram, you had oat groats. Yes. I think oat groats, they like take oats to like the top of the mountaintop. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering how often you both have oat groats. Well, Cersei just had, I, it, I just had it this morning. I just had it this morning in that ancient grain bowl. That was one of the five. It was nice. Yeah. Because oh. that is like the most pristine form of the oat. Yeah. No, it's, it's even more pristine than steel cut oats, yep. old fashioned oats for people that don't know. The oat groat is where it all begins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The OG oats. Oats. <laughs> <laughs> of oats for sure. Yeah. So I noticed you guys had a, a roasted chickpea dish with no oil, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me how you make those roasted chickpeas? You just put them on parchment paper and bake them with spices or what? Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah, you just um, you just sprinkle the seasoning, the spices on them. I think there's cumin, maybe a little cayenne, some some other seasonings, and then just spread them out onto a baking sheet, a parchment lined baking sheet, and just bake them. And uh, they come out great. They're a great snack. How do you how do you get the spices to stick on the chickpeas? Um, usually, I mean, the, there's just the natural water, you know, that's on the chickpeas. So when you, and, and a lot of times we do, you know, can, but, you know, you could certainly make your own in the instant pot, but, you know, they start off with having a little bit of water on them. And so you just kind of, before you put them in while there's, there's still a little water on them, you just kind of shake them in a little bowl with some seasonings and it sticks. Most of it sticks. There's some of it falls off, but a lot of it does stick. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also noticed a cauliflower steak. I'm a huge fan of cauliflower. I think it's so versatile. You know, it really is, for the most part, considered a, a, a cruciferous green leafy vegetable, mm-hmm. right? To kind of make our, uh, help our nitric oxide. So uh, how do you prepare your cauliflower steak? Yeah, so it's very actually similar to the chickpeas. You um, you rub the spices onto the actual steak, and then you just pop it in the oven, and then roast it, and it comes out great. It is, that is one of my favorite dishes um, on the on the website. I don't make it very often, just because I'm you know making a bunch of other recipes, but it, it is one that's really good. And I don't even sometimes I'm not all that great at cutting the steak into an actual steak. So I'll just 
just cut it as best as I can mm-hmm. and just toss it in the spices and kind of rub it in there with my hands a little bit yeah. and then pop it in the oven. It is so yummy. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys a fan of salads? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to eat as soon as we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that salad look like? Yeah. So, um, I, it's, it's a huge like rainbow salad. So I do a lot of mixed greens as a base and then, um, some kind of legume, like a chickpea, lentils, black beans, um, whatever kind of bean. And then it's just a rainbow of vegetables. I love purple cabbage. I do, um, I do a red bell pepper, um, sometimes jicama, um, mm. just a lot of different, we have these really awesome salad in a jar recipes. Yeah that we're going to be meal prepping this weekend um, for our boot camp, And they are just phenomenal. Everybody that eats them loves them because you just get all these layers of goodness in a jar and, and you just shake it up and then pour it onto a bed of mixed greens. So your salad ends up being like huge, like as big as almost a mixing bowl. And so, for some people that's, that's, mo- that, that's their main meal for the day. Um, so there's, you feel good afterwards, you're full, you're satisfied and you feel good. Um, just from all the nutrients you get yet light. And the thing that gets me with salads is I, I would love to eat a huge salad every day, Mm -hmm. but what to me makes the salad is the dressing. Do you guys have a particular dressing that you're fond of? There's a few that, a <laughs> yeah, first you name your favorite. Yeah, no, babe, there is a, um, a green goddess dressing that is just to die for. There's a walnut balsamic. Um, mm. There's like, there's just so many, there's so many. The dressing does make the dish. And the, what's nice about the dressing is you could put it on a salad or you could just drizzle it on a, a like a bowl, a Buddha bowl. And that dressing is like, is, is mm-hmm. definitely the key. <laughs> Yeah. I know some people that, that don't mind just doing like a, a flavored balsamic vinegar on top of your salads, but yeah. that doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah. yeah. A little more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Or sometimes uh, I would even just smash avocado yeah. um, and use that as my dressing, add some seasonings and just roll that through it. And that could be a dressing. So if you're, you know, strapped for time, that's an easy way to do it too. It's creamy. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Tell me, you two, uh, what is a prayer for your health journal? Um, yeah. yeah. So go ahead, Cersei. Okay. The, pr- the prayer for your health journal, I guess, is basically it's just the devotionals. What we do is that um, when somebody is doing the Daniel Fast as a jumping off point, we actually give them nutritional information and scriptures regarding their health that's from the Bible so that they could actually not only just eat the food, but build up mentally and spiritually around the concept. So we'll use biblical verses that talk about edifying your body or eating Mm -hmm. well, and we'll use nutrition facts to talk about just little nuggets in that journal as well. So somebody will do the Daniel fast from a different perspective about edifying their health. So that's how it's kind of connected. It's like a devotional to go with the Daniel Fast. Very, very nice. Gigi, Cersei, this has been really enlightening for me <laughs> in, a, in a number of ways. I think it's so uh, poetic that, that you two uh, met a couple of years ago and what you guys are doing. It's it's absolutely wonderful. And um I want to thank you for all the all the lives that you're helping and saving through um, through your passion and through your work. Well, thank you for all you're doing. I mean, you yes. you inspired us. I mean, we're big fans. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 just get having this platform for us to be able to share what we do. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're very grateful to you for that. Yeah. So uh, before we close out, any last words you guys would like to uh, impart? Or like, let everybody know where we can find you. Well, you could find us. We are at healthyformypurpose.com. When you get there, you can find all of the ways you can connect with us. We're on um, 
Daniel Fassabridge to Healthy Living on Instagram. We also have a podcast called Healthy for My Purpose again. So if you go there, you can attach to our meal prep, our boot camp, the upcoming book, which is why you should only do the Daniel Fass once, um, and our four-week program of the Daniel Fass Bridge to Healthy Living. Um, yeah, so we're just excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when is that book coming out or is it out? It is actually coming out this fall, but we're going to start um, pre-sailing and, and bringing it out probably this summer. But so you can look out for that. Why you should do the Daniel Fest ones. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you guys, can I get a plan strong fist bump on the yeah. way out? Yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Keep it plan strong. Yes. <laughs> plan strong. <laughs> The best way to live out your divine purpose with excellence is to be healthy. Gigi and Cersei are living examples of using their power of faith to improve their health and providing education and inspiration for others who are also on a faith and health journey. For more information on their workshops and their new book, Daniel Fast, Why You Should Only Do It Once, visit healthyformypurpose.com. And don't forget, we'll be sharing and cooking a few recipes at this year's 12th annual Plant Stock Celebration, and you do not want to miss out. Thanks so much for listening, and always keep it plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.